Good evening and welcome to the Complete Geeks podcast. It has been a while. It yes. is episode 85. Ugh. God, the, it uh, feels, like, feels like it's been uh, forever. I, I feel like I just have to mention Back to the Future when I say that. Mm-hmm. Or if you oh. go back a year from that, that's when uh, my dad was throwing it in my mom and making me. <laughs> oh, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my well, God. It's been... Obviously, we've had a a few weeks off. Um, mm-hmm. I think it all comes down to everybody's got a lot of shit going on. We need some time to recharge. Obviously, it'll be a little different. Bob and I are back right now. Mm-hmm. Toast has those fucking bootleg UK batteries that are yep. probably trucked across somewhere through from China through the Middle East through Eastern Europe and over to him. So, yeah, it is what it is. Yep. But we will get it going. Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, life happens. I pretty much the the misses and I have in in real life things have occurred. The misses and I have like lost a bunch of weight within the past, I would say, what's it been like 8 months now? I've dropped about 150 pounds. So, uh, I've been going out and like doing a lot more adventuring on the weekends, like just being more active in general, which leads me to like this two weekends ago or no, this past week I went over and went to an amusement park just, uh, cause it's been so long since I've been able to like ride roller coasters and shit like that. And so I, uh, went to King's Dominion, which is right up in Virginia, which is about a two hour drive away from me. And they have a bunch of roller coasters and things like that and so end up spending last monday there just like called out of work and it was just like you want to go to the amusement park she was like yeah sure and so we just went there um found out the definition of a giga coaster which is uh any roller okay. coaster that goes over 300 feet in the air which i decided to oh, ride that twice does not sound enjoyable it was incredible i fucking <laughs> loved it um so yeah, just been going out and doing a lot more stuff on the weekends and we normally recorded on Sunday nights and it was becoming, you know, like you said, with life happening in general and then it started sort of started to become difficult with, you know, and I'm sure you'll get into your life stuff too, where it was like, you know, maybe it is time to take a break. We did spend a whole year inside and things, especially in Maryland in in my side of the world have been getting better minus the freaking variants that are coming eventually. So might as well get in the time while I got it. And, uh, so yeah, it's after that, uh, this past weekend, um, this past Saturday, I went to Zolocon, which is a retro, like retro modern toy convention in, uh, in PA. And that was now, cool. Did, did you go to this two years ago? Okay. I, yep. you posted that picture and I'm like, Fucking! I've seen that fuselage. Yeah, so it's in, that was before. Yeah, no. So so it's a uh, it's a NASA. It's a former. It's a decommissioned NASA centrifuge. Or they call centrifuge, it the fuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it the uh, it's cool because the whole entire room's a circle. Like the the centrifuge is still there. It's just you know obviously it's decommissioned, but they have it on display as like part of like the nerd centric thing of it. I'll post it to our. Uh, I'm going to start posting a lot more to our Instagram so that way I can get a lot of these pictures out, especially a lot of the reference pictures of like toys that I mentioned and stuff like that. I need to be more active about posting that kind of shit so it gives you a good reference point of what I'm talking about. 
so yeah did that um didn't pick up a whole whole lot there just it was nice just going around hanging out with some friends and being able to just check out all the cool stuff not as uh I was hoping to find more like vintage stuff because I'm looking for a couple like vintage turtles figures, but unfortunately there wasn't a whole lot there. So, but it was just nice to go out and, you know, be able to just do all that kind of stuff again. And then from speaking of toys, like just because, you know, the podcast has sort of gotten quiet doesn't mean that, you know, obviously my fucking toy collecting hasn't stopped. So, uh, I set up my, I have a NECA tune diorama. I have it set up over here. I actually broke down some shelves that had like, just like excess junk in it. And I set up the diorama. That's a very good sized diorama from what I've seen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I set, I set up the diorama and I set up all my turtles and everything for it. Um, yet again, I'll post pictures of it. Uh, it looks absolutely fantastic. I couldn't be happier. The only shitty part about it is it is completely filled and, NECA just announced a bunch of new stuff recently, and I'm like, well, fuck. And so, uh, so picked up that, uh, got that all assembled. Um, I started, I got frustrated. I was collecting a G.I. Joe line, G.I. Joe Classified series, which is like a six-inch scale G.I. Joe line. I got really frustrated with it because of some of the bullshit that Hasbro was pulling with it. Um. So I just... It looks like you are not the only one to be frustrated on that. Right. And so I decided to drop that line. I was like, I'm not dealing with this headache anymore. And I was like on the fence about it, like whether or not I was going to drop it or not. And I was like, well, I was like, uh, yeah. So I decided to drop it after the frustration. And I decided to shift my focus into the new Masters of the Universe line. The Masters so of the Universe, a, uh, Masterverse. And that's a the first very cool one. Yeah, it's based off of... Uh, it's based off of the Netflix series that's actually coming out in three days. Uh, Kevin Master Smith U- Steel? Yeah, uh, yeah, Master Universe Revelation. So the first the first ones they did were Battle Cat. Um, they did one called Skelegod, which is like a, like a Skeletor, like a super Skeletor, almost like a super shredder version of Skeletor. Um, Mossman, He-Man, obviously, Evil Lin, and a regular Skeletor. And the figures are great for a first run. Like, they look really really cool i'm really excited about the whole line because they're talking about you know not just doing stuff based off the netflix series but be able to do like other cuts from different masters of the universe lines and it was it was one of those things where like compared to gi joe i was more inclined to collect masters of the universe stuff like i i just throw back to when i was a kid and uh yeah i open up this line and i enjoy it i still like I have a He-Man sitting right here and I still look at it every once in a while. Still, it changes poses and stuff like that. So if, if, if a toy is doing that for me, like in terms of like, you know, a toyetic action figure, I'm, I'm all for it. And then, uh, so picking up that kind of stuff, um, I found a master universe origins castle grace call. Speaking of that, while I was on the way back from ZoloCon, I ended up getting it for 50 bucks. It retails for like seventy five. I was like, oh, fuck. so. So you said you say you found it. What is the process of finding it? Was did you oh, stop somewhere? I stopped it. I was stopping at random WalMarts on the way home, okay. and I found it. Yep. I was like stopping at random WalMarts on the way home, and I was like, oh shit, because it retails for seventy five, and I was on the fence about it anyway. And then I was like, yeah, I was like, I wonder how much it is. And I scanned it, and it came out to forty nine ninety nine. And oh, my shit. two buddies were my two buddies were with me, and they're like. Dude, you gotta buy it, and I'm like, man, fuck you both. So I bought it, and, uh, and so I end up buying it, and uh, 
I haven't put it together yet because I got to find a space for it. But it's cool because it's very reminiscent of the one from when we were kids. Like oh, it looks cool. almost like verbatim for it. It's just got like better paint applications and stuff. And so yeah, I mean, it's just I mean, there's a ton of toys that I'm sure I've I've missed, but you know, I'll spread I'll spread the love out equally over uh over the course of the next few weeks, and then from there, uh, I actually watched a few things that are recent. <laughs> So that's I pretty, finished. That's lo- pretty good. Yeah, I was. I'm really impressed with myself. I actually did a lot of a uh, lot of productive things during this time. Um, I finished Loki. I so. also finished that. Um, mm-hmm. I will go into the situation that led me there, but um, what what do you think? Uh from from a nerd standpoint, like a comic book nerd standpoint, I'm really excited. I I thought it was very well done. Like I, in terms of like, I like the series in general because it was very like, very strange. Like I I found it a little bit weirder than Wandavision. So it's like I like that pseudo like cosmic. It was cool because like a lot of the the MCU shows were like showing us the different like sections of the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. and I liked that this was more like tied to the cosmic level of it. Like you know like Guardians of the Galaxy things like that. And so it, it was. I would- Agree. I would. I would put it so far. I think as my favorite Marvel series that Disney Plus has put out. I think it's I, it's the most ambitious for sure, and I I really liked it a lot. I with both both uh, WandaVision and uh, Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Or, I yeah. just kind of had that sense of is when is the payoff going to be? Mm-hmm. And Loki, I felt was very strong from start to finish. I I agree with that, and I like I like the way the the episodes ended. So it made you it was very Mandalorian esque in terms of I know it's weird to make that comparison, but it was very it kept you on the edge of your seat. And WandaVision did it like you know, and it was it was almost like good, better, best because like WandaVision did it well. I think Falcon and Winter Soldier did it better because in terms of you know certain things the way they ended, and Loki mm-hmm. was just like. I couldn't wait till I got to episode six just to see what it was like. And then you get there and you're just like, holy shit, like this is a big payoff and this makes a lot of sense. And just, just thinking of the ramifications of like, what is this? This had the most ramifications out of any of the Marvel shows and like what it's going to do for the MCU is, is fascinating to me. It's going to be so fucking, everything's upside down. Mm -hmm. It's going to be so cool. And then you're introducing like, you know, like Kang the Conqueror. And then, you know, I'm saying that, like, I always said that from my standpoint, instead of ending with the Avengers, like the other, you know, the other phases have ended with, like this yep. one should end with the Fantastic Four. It's, it's I think close. that would, I mean, because like they showed off the phase four logo and you're just like, oh, that's like very Fantastic Four logo-y. And I just think it's just like, you know, they've, they mentioned in WandaVision that, you know, what's his name knows a really good astrophysicist and, or what's her name knows a really good astrophysicist. And it's like, it's like, you're already talking about Mr. Fantastic. Like, just like, let the cat out. Like, he's going to be the one figuring this out. It's going to be, if, if it's that, it's going to be fantastic. And I literally pun intended. And so I'm really, really freaking excited. And yeah, it's just cool. It's like, and then, what was cool about it is, and this is spoiler, 
you know, by the time, well, everybody's had a week or so. Um, <laughs> you're out of fuck time. Fuck it. Yep, you're out of time. Um, Nobody listens anyways. Right, exactly. Uh, it makes sense on why they never showed off the Far From Home trailer yet. Or not Far From Home, uh, No Way Home trailer yet. Yeah, and that was kind of like a lot of my excitement of, because it's just, okay, everything yep. should be very much true on that. Yeah. Um, to And then to stick with the... Uh, to stick with the MCU stuff, I watched Black Widow. Um, I, I haven't seen it yet. Um, I've talked to a few people. I'm interested just to kind of hear your kind of high level take on it. I, I, uh, I appreciate you thinking that it's a high level take. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, it's it was better than I thought. Did I? Was it necessary? No. Did it feel? Did it feel okay? Yeah. Like I actually enjoyed it. Red Guardian steals the show. Um, for me, I think he was he was great. The whole entire plot makes sense. You know, it was it was very well done. It doesn't feel like it was as necessarily cash grabby as I thought it was going to be originally. And when I watched it, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was you know it it fits in where it needs to fit in, and it is literally yeah. like a side story where it doesn't like it doesn't like. It doesn't feel forced. Like it, if it was, if it happened in the general progression of the MCU and they slid this movie in there, it would make sense. You know what I mean? Okay. Like yeah. So it's it's one of those things where like, do you need to watch it? No. Should you watch it? Yeah, because there are certain things in the plot where you're like, oh, it'll make it easier for things that happen later on down the line. But like, yeah, if they if they would have just if this would have slid in just naturally with like where you know, civil war and infinity war were because that's where it slides in. Like in terms of like placement, if they put that movie in there to bridge that gap and everything, it would have fit in naturally. And I mean, all this, all the set pieces, all the action was really well done. Like I said, uh, I forget his name that plays red guardian, but he was absolutely fantastic. He was, he was great. I loved every bit of it. It's pretty much like, the exact thing I thought of when I was thinking of like Russian uh, Captain what, America, David Harbor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was funny as hell. It's it was super cool, and yeah, and I actually went to a movie theater to watch it. So yeah, I didn't oh, feel like cool. paying the yeah I didn't feel like paying the Disney premiere stuff. And uh, so yeah, uh, speaking now, of now now real, real quick, I'm like, what am my my biggest question is. I haven't talked to anybody like that looks at it at my level, but obviously, I think one of my least favorite Marvel movies is Captain Marvel, just okay. because. Obviously, it falls before pretty much, for the most part, everything in the MCU. Yep. But by the time it came out, MCU movies were so kind of, I mean, hot, high class writing. Um just kind of like masterclass and I put like Captain Marvel as it felt more like the first Iron Man where it just wasn't fully oh. developed. It just felt yep. weird when it came out. How would you rate like Black Widow compared to that? Um it's better than Captain Marvel. Okay. That's yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I liked it better than Captain Marvel. Like you I know exactly what you're saying. Like like you said it felt it feels sort of disjointed because another thing is too is like how like Black Widow fits more naturally than Captain Marvel's ham-fisted adding to the MCU. You know what I mean? Okay. 
Like it just, it's like Black Widow like bridges that gap, but it doesn't manipulate any other plot of any other MCU stories to make it fit. You know what I mean? It doesn't shoehorn itself in. Captain Marvel sort of felt like it was like shoehorned in at times. And Black Widow's a lot more like when you're watching it, because at first you, you go into it thinking like, do I really need this plot? Like, do I really want this? And then by the mm-hmm. time you get done with it, you're like, actually, yeah, I did want this. Like, it actually is cool. Like, and the action was right. Like, nothing was like the characters are the same. They're not just all of a sudden like Black Widow is like a different character because she has her own movie and things like that. It was it was very naturally done and it was naturally well done. And so. I think you're. I if you, I think you'll enjoy it more than Captain Marvel, and I look forward to hearing your uh, your opinion on it. Yep, that's going to be on a uh, on the plate for the weekend. Yeah, and uh, lastly, a couple couple streaming things that I watched. Um, I watched the first two movies of Fear Street, the R.L. Stein horror movies that showed up on Netflix. Yeah. Um, if you. If you like horror movies, I I enjoy both of them. They like they, what what level of horror? Because I'm I'm a fucking chicken shit. Um, because they're both like different movies. Like chicken shit. How is it like campy horror or just fucking like just weird? Um, no, it's more campy. <laughs> no, it's okay, more because because okay. the first one's like the first one is like 1984. And then the okay. second one is like 1978. So they're yeah, very much that. like, like the first one is like, cause they have like, they go into different time periods, but they have overarching plot, like an overarching plot to it. So like, it's very much like the first one is very stranger things. like, you know, eighties capture, like eighties, like supernatural type of horror film. And then the second one is seventies, like slasher film. And the third one, I didn't watch the third one. My wife watched it without me, little bastard. Um, <laughs> but that one takes place, like, it explains the whole entire story of, like, how the main monster and everything like that came to be. But, uh, yeah, they're not, they have some jump scares and stuff like that, but nothing, like, nothing that it's, like, absolutely, you know, like, oh, my God, this is going to give me anxiety. Like, they're actually, they're fun to watch. It's actually, and I'm not a super huge horror fan. So it, it, they were fun watches for what they were. Okay, I'm yeah. I'm good with that. Yep. And then uh, lastly, I watched uh, I watched Space Jam. <laughs> the tone just changed. Oh. Uh... Well, uh, I'll I'll start off. I also watched Space Jam. I that... watched the first and the second one back to back. So oh, okay. Kids, oh, so you got it. My, kid, very... my kids very very first time watching the first. You were you were steeped in. Uh steeped in space jam lore so why don't you say what was was your thoughts on it well the first one mind-blowing i did not realize how short the first movie was Mm. that's like that's like pushing an hour and 20 minutes at best is it really holy shit yeah i didn't even think about that wow there's a lot packed in there an hour and 20 minutes holy shit so going into uh space jam new legacy Mm -hmm. I. I would say the production quality and was, I mean, very, very big budget. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, (laughs) obviously, I mean, it was a giant, gigantic commercial for basically everything 
Warner Brothers has going for yeah. it right now. Yep. Like some some of the stuff I thought was very creative. There's a a moment where LeBron James is going out and with Bugs Bunny to try to find all of the other Looney Tunes that have been spread across the Warner Brothers universe. Yep. The Warner Verse, I think, is it isn't that what it was called? Yeah. Yeah. I I appreciated like some of the way that they did that, like Casablanca, obviously yeah. Mad Max. I thought, oh, it was like that that's some really clever ways, but also looking at my kid, she had no concept of what that was tying out to. Yep. Um, obviously LeBron like going through the Matrix world movies what 20 22 years old at this point yeah then it, then it was <laughs> just yeah odd. it was it was that and it was just like it you had those kind of odd choices and then like other ones too like when it like when they had there's a lot of references to like game of thrones and stuff like that i'm like oh like man this is not aged well at all like you can definitely tell it was a product of that was supposed to come out years and years ago, but did yeah. it? Yep, that, that totally makes sense. Yeah, and so it was just like, if it would have came out at the time, I think a lot of those jokes would have been, they would have landed a little bit better. Hell, they had, I mean, major like Harry Potter references yeah. to the movies. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, I mean, my big thing was like, compared to Space Jam, like, like Space Jam 1, you know, you know who Michael Jordan is, obviously, and you know they they reference that Michael Jordan is you know one of the greatest athletes of all time and stuff like that. But this one was just like so forced in terms of like how many times they had to call him King James and you know LeBron is the king and oh fuck. Was, the the was, moment where LeBron crashed into the Looney Tunes world, yep, and he came out of the ground in a Nike symbol, yeah. It was just like it was shit like that where I was just like, oh my god, like, please, like, please don't do this. Don't make this, you know, this whole entire thing about just like, you know, LeBron James this and LeBron James that. And then it was just like, even the whole entire plot was like a little too eccentric around him, and so it just made it just made it felt like a biopic of LeBron James with Looney Tunes characters like inserted in. I, I don't know. It was just, it was very weird to me. It was a very weird, and even even the whole entire, like, basketball game, like, where the whole basketball game was, like, the last, like, 20 minutes of the movie, and and Space Jam, you know, the new Space Jam is a little bit longer than the original, so it just felt like it just took forever to get where it was. And, and like, su- super funny, like, the, obviously the first, first Space Jam, very, like, traditional basketball game. Yeah. I think. If you like pay attention, the the scoring and the time of the game like makes absolutely no sense. But the new Space Jam, there is no concept of scoring at all. No. So there's like no no stakes, no. Okay, I mean we do, we don't know like everything is on like a NBA Street style like scoring, all style based, and it makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, it, and they didn't really, you know, go through and try to explain it or anything like that. And it was just, and then even, even like, 
even like the you know they call them the goon squad but like the the essentially the monsters it was just like i don't know it was like and it, it sucks because like we're both older so of course we're <laughs> we're sounding like we're biased but if you really watch it it's not really a bias like the monsters i don't know because they were in the plot the whole time like they yeah, were part of the very, show very much it was so, like yeah. this was very much like the goon squad like they didn't really get recruited or anything like that it was like oh yeah by the way this is the goon squad oh we're gonna mutate them into these things and it's just like very like secondary compare and if they would have used as much like plot devices and exposition and backstory as they did for freaking lebron calling himself the king and him getting, you know, doted on, it would have been a lot cleaner movie, but it just, I don't know. It just, I'm sure that, you know, LeBron fans and everything will love it. Cause it's like a love letter to him and stuff. But to me as a person looking at it from the outside in, I'm like, I understand LeBron's really good at what he does and everything, but it doesn't warrant you building a whole entire movie on it. And then to and use I was, like the, the 3d Looney Tunes look fantastic. Was, like a to me i i kept thinking it was like super jarring mm-hmm. but that was also coming back from i watched the first one i mean well, right before the only the, that was another thing i didn't like either was uh if you look at the animation quality compared to like the first one i think the animation quality in the first one is better like in terms of the way like the animated tunes looked and everything like how they had like well, I, yeah, I, th- I think yeah. yeah, the first one was obviously like very traditional. Yeah, it was just it was just the traditional animation looked really good compared to the traditional animation that was used in New Legacy. I just I don't know. It just because I guess because I, was, I, I I I'm a sucker for that Who Framed Roger Rabbit type of look, or the or the fact that like you can tell like LeBron's involvement. He was animated for most of the movie, right? Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it was, I, I what, was disappointed. What, what about all the cameos in the uh, final game and the crowd? I mean, that's cool if some of them didn't look like they were cosplaying as the person they were supposed to play as. <laughs> well, I, I crack up because I think that the two cameos that, well, I'll say three cameos that I caught the most were obviously the agents from the Matrix. Yep. Uh, Pennywise the Clown. Yeah, Danny DeVito's penguin. Yeah, that Danny DeVito penguin looked weird because <laughs> the guy's chin kept on going in behind the fat suit, and I was just like, "This doesn't look right." And then the but, one that, but it's it's to use those cameos as the main yep. ones that absolutely no kid has any reference for, or they they shouldn't have any reference of. Nope, it's because it's all banking on nostalgia. They anticipate like people like us going over and watching it and knowing who all these people are. Cause like other ones that I saw were like the mask. Like, yeah, it was yeah, just like, it was, was like, yeah, it was like, and then uh, the Adam West Batman. Yeah. Adam West Batman. Um, like so many other weird ones, like, uh, like a couple like Hanna Barbera ones, like Yogi bear. Like there hasn't yeah. been like a relevant, like Yogi bear show, you know, the, in recent memory that children are like known to watch and things like that. And then even like, even the freaking uh, King Kong, it's like there are better renders of King Kong out there, and you chose this one that doesn't look that good. And it was just like it's so surreal. It was so weird. 
Like the production value was like really good in certain spots, but then other spots you're just like, man, like what happened? Where did it go? But but I will say, give me a Flintstones and Jetsons animated movie with those models that they developed. I mean, I'll take I'll take any Hanna Barbera stuff all day, every day. So, but like the final game, that's all I ended up watching was the crowd, mm-hmm. and I had no idea what was going on in the game. It, well, you weren't missing much, and that was another that was another disappointing part. Was like you really weren't missing much, and it didn't feel like the stakes were very high. Like that was the thing that was like another thing that was sort of like that was sort of like BS to me because it was just like it didn't feel as high as like as the original Space Jam. I don't know. It just I was disappointed. I was I knew what I was getting into because I know the first one is very hokey and. I, I I just I don't know. Like I just walked into it and I was like, well, well it's gonna be cool but, and then I get there and But I'm it like, has Dude. like the first one has a like a very like clever cast to it. Yep. And it's, it's just it, it is a big dumb movie, but it's well, it's got some charm to it. And well another thing is too is like yeah, I mean it's a charming film and it has a huge cult following and that was another thing too, was like the new one sort of like alienates you from the first one. It makes that weird Michael Jordan reference, which is funny, but it doesn't it it doesn't really you know it doesn't act like a see it's it doesn't act like a sequel, which it really mm-hmm. should have. You know, I think it would have. I think this would have been better as a sequel. Like if they would have explained like how things have you know how things progressed and and stuff like that, like, after, like, if they would have delved more into, like, what happened after well, the first game, hell, like, it would... Hell, especially, I mean, the aliens showed up in the second one. Yeah, and that's, and that's what I mean. They make those references, and it's more just, like, those references feel like they were, like, thrown in as an afterthought versus yeah. it banking on, you know, it's just, like, literally, you're just banking on the name, and that's it, and that's where I, I was sort of, like, uh, like, it's definitely, I am... People ask me, they're like, you know, what do you think of it? I'm like, well, I'm glad I didn't pay for it. You know, I was happy to pay for Black Widow, but I would have been upset if I had to pay for this. Well, you'll you'll love the, this moment. The day after I watched, I woke up in the morning. The very first thing I said to my girlfriend, I was like, I was I was sleeping and I had this kind of revelation about Space Jam. Oh, God. And she, and she just kind of looked at me like, what is wrong with you? But I was like, the entire concept of that movie and the reason why that they ended up in that position was because LeBron's son didn't want to go to basketball camp. He wanted to go to the E3 game developers camp. Yep. And she goes, okay. And she goes, or I go, and at the end of the game in Space Jam, when they won, the kid adamantly said, he was like, he realized that his like his decision like fucked everything up and like like he was tormented by what has happened and he said I don't want to go to video camp or video game camp anymore I want to go to basketball camp and then at the end of the movie LeBron James forces him to go to video game camp <laughs> God damn it I didn't even think about that <laughs> So I'm like bitch. it all I was like it all starts like loops back to where so, it started. So you know what so you know what that means too? Is that LeBron learned nothing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. LeBron learned nothing. And yeah, it was uh, I mean, we could talk about this the whole entire fucking podcast about how 
sort of broken this movie is. Am I glad that it came out? Yeah. Is it something I'm wanting to watch again? No. Do I think it's also stupid that the whole entire thing has fucking like three or four toy lines devoted to it? Yeah. I'm like, why? Why did you think that this was going to like come out like gangbusters? Ter- ter- and Terrible toy lines, by the way. Yeah, right. They're all terrible. So I would have been... I would have been halfway inclined to buy certain figures, like especially the Looney Tunes figures, if they were decent figures. But no, they were just like, we're going to market these as like shitty one offs. And I'm like, yep, never mind. So, but yeah, that's, uh, it's been my, I mean, obviously it's been a lot more, you know, fun filled and adventure filled. And I will fill people in more as things go along. But yeah, that's been pretty much my, hiatus for the most part so i noticed that you got a bunch of stuff on the list so where do you want to start yeah a few things and uh by by the way after your uh your wife and your surgery uh bravo to you guys for Hmm. like getting out and making the most of it oh thank you yeah i I mean i see um, i see a lot of people that go through that and they just get right back into the same yeah so they are so it's it's very exciting so you know to give people any listeners who don't pay attention to like, you know, especially people who don't have like my private, you know, Facebook and everything. Uh, my wife and I decided to have bariatric surgery because, you know, at my heaviest, I was pushing 410 pounds. So, you know, my health was starting to not necessarily fail, but it was just shit. And so I just needed to do something about it. I always had trouble dieting and needed some kind of heavy restriction. So in November, her and I both together decided to have gastric sleeve surgery. And between now and then she, you know, between November and now I've dropped 155 pounds and she's dropped 161 pounds. So yeah. So now I'm, now I'm pushing, now I'm right at the cusp of 250 at six foot one. And so I'm like, okay, cool. So it's like, now it's like, now I feel like going out and doing all this shit, you know, going out and she's like this today. She, I helped her, kayak today she wanted to, she bought like a inflatable kayak and was out there kayaking um you know going to amusement parks like we're going to amusement park not this weekend but next weekend like just going out and just you know adventuring just living life so yeah i appreciate i appreciate it and everybody everybody that i've talked to has been super supportive and been super great to us and that's why i've been trying to be an open book about it. i've had a lot of people ask me questions and yeah i just Try to do the best I can. <laughs> eventually, eventually, I'll get, uh, I'll convince her, and I'll come out to see you. That's right. Yeah. But yeah. Well, um, all right. Well, I guess I'll go into my stuff. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I believe it was the last episode. Hopefully, it wasn't the last episode that uh made everybody want to take a break. But obviously, I have a baby on the way. I know, a baby girl. Oh, is it, oh, so you know it's a girl. Oh, that's exciting. Well, it's it's a girl until she decides to be a boy. Very true. Yeah. So I'm 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 leaving it open. Um, but my girlfriend doesn't like me saying that. But I I'll, I mean it's very it's very progressive of you. So I'll, I I'll, understand. I'll go down with the ship. Yep. But anyways, uh, the last few weeks I've been working on the baby room. I think last time I was finishing up flooring. But we've gotten the crib, gotten the dresser. Um, pretty much the room is a done how, deal. How long have you been with your girlfriend? Because, like I said, I mean, you kept that like 
you were like a professional poker player, like not like, so to give people like a brief like background, like when he announced, when organic announced this, we legit thought that it was just like the typical organic trolling. And uh-huh. we didn't realize, I didn't even know that you had a fucking girlfriend. Like that's, what's crazy to me. Cause you never ever, ever mentioned her or mentioned anything. It was just like, Oh yeah. Surprise baby. <laughs> I was like, where no, did we buy we, it from? We, we, we've been together a while. Um, okay. Obviously, I've, I have I have my daughter, and I'm, like, super, like, protective of her. Yeah. And who she's around. Right. So, obviously, like, our, our relationship for the longest time lived from, say, 8.30 p.m. to, like, 3 in the morning. Okay. Um. It it sounds terrible in that sense, but it was also of I'm not going to br- bring you around my daughter until like the time is right. Yeah, and you know, and from what you know, not without going into detail and everything like that, you know, the situation you you explained to me is like I totally understand why. You know, it's, it's so, it's like you said, it's, you know, you have to be, especially with that because she's so young too. It's like, you have to be picky and choosy in terms of like, and just overly cautious. It's. Well, even like I have two older sisters and Mm -hmm. obviously both of them have gone through one failed marriage Mm. and I've, I've kind of. I'm six years younger than my middle sister, and I'm 16 years younger than my oldest. Holy fuck. So, yeah. So I've, I've kind of had looking through the window of seeing, like, the things that they've done. Okay. Say, I mean, I don't know the reasons or anything like that, hmm. but I I know that they they have dated. They have made choices of okay, I'm going to introduce my kid to the person I'm dating immediately, which, uh, which is which, which is fine for whatever reason it is. But also, I look at it through a different set of eyes of, I, I want to make sure the person's going to be the right one that's going to actually be a part of their life. Right. Which is, I mean, which is perfectly, which is perfectly sensible and legitimate. You know, like you said, it's like, yeah, and until you know for certain that this is going to, you have to see a future with the person to you know make sure that the person is you know like you said you're comfortable enough with that person actually like because that's that's a big thing is like you don't want to introduce these people like super early on and then something happens and the person just disappears out of their life and yeah and just, it's yeah and like my girlfriend like the the biggest biggest thing like I've always pressed with her was her knowing my priorities mm-hmm. and having her her be able to like hey i i understand that you don't have to go over it with me i mm-hmm. completely respect like your thought process on it mm-hmm. is a huge deal i mean that's but, that's it's always fantastic to find somebody like that because like you said you know it's your your priority isn't you know you have to find somebody that knows that they're going to play second fiddle at least for now you know, in terms of, in terms of like making sure that your daughter is raised right and everything is done properly. Because like you said, when it comes down to priority number one, it's her. So good for you, man. I'm glad to, 
glad you were able to find somebody that understood that. Yeah, and it's 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 really good and to see the amount like my daughter has grown in the past say six months of like preparing to be obviously the older sister. Mm-hmm. I went through my divorce and it started when she was a year and a half old. So mm-hmm. she's never she's never known anything different. So right. to see her with kind of kind of that figure in her life is it's, it's been pretty cool and that's awesome like you said like the last few weeks to be able to like just focus on the family which has been really good that's that's yeah and that was that was a big thing too was you know when we were discussing about like you know hiatuses and like schedule conflicts and stuff like that it was just you know it was trying to figure out when to come back and when to do things and you know and that that part of it got mentioned too was just like you know because we knew that you had a baby on the way and it was like i am i love doing this and i love doing it for the community and i love doing it as a hobby but like i don't also wanted to get in the way of family priorities you know what i mean especially when like you said you have a baby coming and it's that's the last thing you need is like that's why i was giving not giving the out but like essentially like hey you know mm-hmm. i'm i'm married but i don't have any children and i am okay with not doing this for the moment if it's able to give you extra space to be able to you know like you said not have distress about it and be able to work on like the baby's room on the weekend and be able to work on the house and things like that or like you know and like even now that's why i sort of moved the time too because i'm in the same boat where it's like i go out i'm doing a lot more stuff on the weekends like i'm doing a lot more going out and being active more just like in general and it feels good to have the wife with me because she wants to do that stuff and it's like for you it's like i'm sure it's probably great you know being able to have the extra time of like working on this or working on that and so it just it made it sort of easier when I was like, okay, well, if we come back, we might want to move it to like a weekday slot. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, just trying to, trying to be an adult for once in my fucking life. And, and yeah, try and to I help. think like, like yeah. going, going into that at that level, <laughs> I think sometimes I look at it as lose track of, obviously we, we do the show. Obviously <laughs> we want a listener base. But first and foremost, I want to be able to do it for myself. Yep. Um, I I look at it now much like I looked at it when we started this. Is this this is going to be my little getaway? Yep. This this is going to be my break from life. Yeah. And and, it... and lo- looking at it like taking the last few weeks off made me realize like, hey, this is this is like. I, I need this hour, hour and a half to just, like, take a break from things. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, and it, it feels good having, like, even though, you know, you and Toast don't collect the, you know, toys from the toy side that, like, I do, it's it's cool to explain that kind of stuff because, especially, like, certain people, when you try to explain it to them, you know, because of the fact that you are on, like, the nerd spectrum, but, like, some of the people, when you try to explain it to them, especially on the scale of which I collect stuff, like, they'll look at me like I have six heads, and they're just like, you know, or if I walk into a Target and, like, I'll post something to my Instagram, like, my personal Instagram of, like, 
you know, a bunch of toys in my cart. And some people are like, why are you buying those? And it's like, motherfucker, do you not see the rest of the house? Like, do you not see like how yeah. much shit I got? And it's like, oh, I didn't know that you collected those. And it's like, well, obviously you haven't looked at the last 50 posts that I posted, <laughs> but you guys know. And so like, even I can yeah. say the wackiest things and toast to be like, what the fuck is that? But he listens and you listen too. And you're just like, I don't know what it is, but Bob's going to talk about it. <laughs> and it's, and then being able to like, I always like knocking toast on his ass when it comes to like playing the weird ass games, but then getting him to play the weird ass games. And so, oh, and he's, so like, he's, he's made a major uh, transformation in the past year. Yeah. And so, yeah, exactly. And it's you like, I, I totally agree. And, like you said, it's just, I think, I think from now it's like, even the conversation we're having now, it's, I think playing it a little bit looser in terms of like, you know, talking about stuff and like having a structure base, but not just feel like going through the motions, like actually just having natural fucking conversation, you know what I mean? Versus like, versus almost acting like a independent news site. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and so it's it, it, it got it got to be a lot of routine yeah and well i think also too it's like you know we were all stressed out because you know there are a couple episodes like during the pandemic you can just hear it in our voices like how stressed out we were and then like you said just like going through the motions of like hurrying up and trying to play games so that way we can talk about them versus like you know playing a game for the sake of playing a game or like if a person was playing one game like you know toast has a tendency of like going full bore into a game feeling like that's the only thing you can talk about or anything like that. It's just let them, you know, figure, figure the stuff out. If you only played one game for the past three weeks, let them play the one game for the past three weeks and just talk about it. Like don't feel bad or feel obligated that you have to hurry up and play all these games. Cause even if you look at like my gameplay stuff, there's only three things on there, but it's yeah. And I'll, yeah. I'll play, I mean, what we talk about should be what we, want to talk about what we like correct drives us forward correct like what what getting back to actually like enjoying not hurrying up and playing a game just for the sake of fact of like oh god i gotta talk about it so you feel like it's a job like you're playing the game for a job versus like playing a game because you want to play the game and like there are sometimes where like i know new releases come out i don't want to play every single new release as they come out like there might be a time where, like you said, I get a wild hair up my ass. Like, I'll get into it later. I played a freaking RPG for 15 hours the other day that came out in 2006. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then and that ultimately, like, I look at there's 20 other podcasts that go, hey, we, we play on all these new releases. Hey, I want to know what drove you to go back and play the game that was Cor- that old for that long. Or Correct. like Toast going into Sea of Thieves. I think that's. Fin- like awesome yeah. that a game has grabbed him that much that is essentially a game that has gotten shit on for so long. I know that he, he found that that thing that's pushing him forward. Well, it's cool too, because like listening, listening to somebody like toast explain that kind of stuff, because I don't go out and actively look for that type of information, but just going over and listening to him, like explain it all is is something that grips me in terms of like i just listen to it because i'm like and that's why i ask a lot of questions about it and we'll play every once in a while and i'm nowhere near as good as him but it, it was cool you know i wouldn't even have given sea of thieves a second thought if it wasn't hearing him the way he talks about it and so yeah it's it's that kind of stuff that you know 
that's the kind of stuff I want to like in terms of moving the podcast forward is that's the kind of stuff I sort of want to stick with is like not just playing a game just for the sake of playing it because it's new and relevant. It's like, you know, talk about just the fucking game you're playing. I don't care if it's from, I don't care if you're playing NES all week or, you know, you're playing freaking your PlayStation five or your, you know, your series X, you know, or your PC, you know, for the past three months, it's just, you know, talk about games you want to play, not because you have to play them. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Yeah. And man, uh, I, I guess I should get back to what I'm like. Yeah. Yeah. About. So what's, yeah. What's up with me? We, man, this yeah. Like, I was going to say, we, I, you, you let me rant over again. Thanks. So keep going. <laughs> well, the good news is like half of my list is what was on yours. Yeah. But anyways, uh, the baby room was done. The two month long fence project that was obviously like rained out massively every weekend finally wrapped this up uh damn came to the extent of getting a pond pump and pumping out just the last section of holes but oh shit it was that bad yeah ground's pretty saturated but got that done the next thing is my exciting project which is obviously i've moved my office from upstairs to downstairs hmm so going through redoing that room, it's a about the room's about the same size, minus the closet, but it's actually going to leave me a lot more room to display my somewhat small figure collection. Obviously, I have a lot of posters that are going to fill that, or a lot of prints. Um, you talked about your. NECA diorama that you're doing. Mm-hmm. I want to do the same thing for the Ghostbusters. Oh, shit. That's one thing, like, I don't think I've ever seen anybody do. Um, obviously, that toy line coming back is still relatively new. Mm-hmm. But that's, I want to kind of dedicate a shelf to that. I think the Ecto 1 is shipping mid August. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the vintage Kenner one. Yep. Yep, I almost bought a uh, I almost bought a Ghostbusters firehouse the other day at uh, ZoloCon. There was a couple of people yeah. that have really good. There was a couple of people that had a couple that were in really good shape for good prices, and I was like, I was sitting there staring at it for like twenty minutes, and I was like, "Fuck, I don't have the room." No, I think it was two years ago. I got my daughter's. Yep, I got it from a town an hour away from here. I remember the pictures. Yeah, every everything came with it, and I think I got it for like ninety bucks. Oh my god, I would have went ape shit. I was looking at like two fifty. Yeah, yeah, I would have. The, the fact that I think there's the only issue with it is obviously the Ghostbuster sign, the marquee sign, and okay. I think one small crease in it. Ah, that's not terrible. Because uh, another one of the things I thought that was cool that I saw with the marquee signs is that if you need a replacement, there are people that actually. One that make repro labels, like stickers, uh, and then uh, there's people that 3D print that marquee sign. So I thought that was like I thought that was yeah. fascinating. Yeah, if you look all over eBay, because when I was you know when I got the when I got the thought in my head that I was gonna buy one, I I checked eBay and uh, 
eBay has a, all that stuff all over, like all over in terms of like secondary accessories and stuff like that, that yeah. are aftermarket. And so I thought that was cool. That's looking into it. Yeah. So, and then outside of that, um, started watching the show, uh, the classic MTV show, Jersey shore. Oh, Jesus Christ. The, the original, <laughs> the, the original, oh I have God. only seen an episode here or there. God, we're channeling our inner toast here. Trash TV. Uh, the war. Yeah. Uh, um, so the girlfriend was like, Oh, we should watch that. And I started watching it. And I, I have gotten into it far more than she has. And that's kind of just my uh, garbage TV of the past few weeks. That's amazing. And then uh, just over a week ago, it was last Sunday night. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden I was getting ready for bed. And the the kiddo, it was uh, 10.30 at night. She woke up and she was like, oh, my stomach hurts, my stomach hurts. And I was like... Well, can I get you anything? And she goes, I feel like I'm going to throw up. So I got her a plastic bucket. Not even a half an hour later, she's there puking her guts out. Oh. Go, going, going, going. And so she had it all up in her hair. Get, get her in the bathtub. She's in the bathtub. And literally, she just falls asleep in the water where she's floating. So I sat with her for about an hour and a half as she slept. Got her, mm-hmm. got her all cleaned up, got it, got her to bed, and then I went to bed. And my girlfriend was in the bathroom. She was puking her guts out. Oh my god! Yeah, it was wonderful. And she's like, "I'm all right." I, uh, she's like, "I'll, I'll be fine." And so they must have got some stomach bug as they, because they went out to a few stores. Mm. And as I finally got her to bed. I lay down, and then I hear my daughter. She's back in the bathroom, and she's on she's on the toilet. And I'm like, "Are you all right?" And she's just kind of like wobbling back and forth. And and she goes, "I think I might have pooped the bed." No. And I was like, "You think?" And she goes, "I don't know." So it's all a blur, a really I, shitty blur. I, I know. And then I make the uh, the terrible trip to her bedroom where uh yeah she uh yeah she definitely did oh my god god do you do you (laughs) do you was it food poisoning or was it uh i think i think they got the stomach flu okay um because everything that they ate i ate oh okay Uh, the only the only difference was i was working on the fence and they went out to a few different stores Ah, so yep, so that makes sense. So, so they had all that going on. So at oh. what was it three thirty in the morning to about seven in the morning is where I watched almost all Loki. Oh, okay. So you yeah. just watched it over the course of a night, Jesus. Yeah, i i watched I watched the first episode separately, so I watched two through five. Okay. That night. So, God. yeah, it was just take advantage of those little times you have. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, little pockets of <laughs> little pockets of <laughs> niceness in all the shit. Yeah. And then the other thing that's happened kind of over the break was I had my Xbox One X. Mm-hmm. I was looking at giving giving to the kiddo. 
Yeah. And then obviously it's it has literally sat there almost a year that it mm-hmm. hasn't been touched. So I was like, hell, I'm, I'm going to put it out there on eBay. So did the five-day auction. It ended up signed for 330 oh. which I was like absolutely like blown away that it went for that high. Right. And then three hours after the auction ended, I get a message from the guy. I was like, hey, I'm I'm really like sorry to say this, but I I submitted an offer to another one last night and he accepted my offer, so I can't buy this one. That's bullshit. And I'm like, okay, that's kinda of shitty, especially since he outbid the other person by five bucks. Mm-hmm. And eBay does not let you roll it over to the second highest bidder. Nope. And there's really no penalty for that. So they just yep. gave you the option to relist it. So ended up relisting it. It sold for actually three thirty five, luckily. Hmm. Um, I think that the big draw for the one that I had was obviously the the Project Scorpio controller was never used. Okay. So from just the controller collectible standpoint, yep. that if somebody wanted it, it was it's never been touched, still in the bag. Now, does the does the Series X have like does, or not Series X? Was that One X have any kind of special designator on it or anything? That's a Scorpio edition. Um, yeah, it's it's got a special uh, pattern to it. Okay, so I mean, you know, even from the console collecting standpoint, it's and then uh, another thing is too is I noticed that um, the prices of the PS4 Pro and the One X because of the lack of availability for the new consoles, like their prices yeah. have stayed significantly higher than they you know normally are, and so that's been interesting to say the least. Yeah, so so and that was kind of like where I was at with. I think it was GameStop was offering like pretty good cash value yeah. for theirs for a while, which was, it was pushing about 200 and I was yeah. going to do that. And then I looked at it and it dipped down. I think it was 165. So I'm just like, I'm going to throw it on eBay to see what happens. Yeah. Um, although the like really depressing thing was I didn't realize that eBay's fees have gone up to like 12 and a half percent. Oh yeah. They'll, they'll fuck you. That's why I barely sell on eBay. Um, which is, I mean, just really insulting. I mean, I mean, so it's it's fine for like those specialty items, right? Still sucks though. Yeah. And then outside of the eBay stuff, did a a garage sale, which I told myself eight years ago I would never do again, but ended up getting through it. Yeah, had that but put put for sale. My entire CD, DVD, Blu-ray, 4K Blu-ray collection out there. For the most part, it was a a pretty popular item. Nice. I think I cleared up about half of my collection. Okay. Um, the one thing I'll say is all the Blu-rays that I was interested in keeping, because they're just really odd ones, all stayed because nobody gives a shit. <laughs> Shit, you can't beat that. There's a, I, it's funny because like very rarely that's where you know because you guys know that I collect video games, but when it comes to physical media in terms of uh, movies and stuff like that, it is very very rare for me unless it's something I know that I can't find streaming. Um, I will not 
buy it unless I can. I will usually buy it digital. Yeah. Uh, or unless it's like absurdly overpriced digital, then I'll buy the, uh, then I'll buy the, you know, the physical copy. Um, perfect example of a physical copy I bought DVD wise recently was uh, Masters of the Universe. Um, oh, yeah. The original, the '80s one, got delisted from Netflix right now, and I was like, I was like, I they haven't even announced that they're going to put it back onto Netflix. So I, you know, I bought the the whole series, the whole TV series. It's like ten or twelve discs. It comes in a cool little slimline clamshell, but it was like thirty five bucks at Walmart. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll buy that because that way I have the convenience, and I buy a lot more older cartoons and stuff like that than I do like brand new movies because yeah. a lot of stuff. It's like once it goes out of print, it's like dunzo like because it didn't make a lot of money to begin with so that's so obscure that the last thing i need is like to go look for something and it's like 150 dollars dvd yep so yeah that's uh i mean pretty much the extent of my side nice so i guess we should move it along let's get over to games which what you've been playing so um we both talked about it for a while and I decided to pull the trigger about three or four weeks ago. And I bought a backbone controller for my, for my phone. So okay, and how the, have you been using this? Uh, first of all, the controller is fantastic. If you haven't had one. So the backbone controller is a native iPhone controller. It plugs right into the lightning port. Um, you're, your phone automatically recognizes it. Um, usually any game that supports it will go over and, and we're talking supports it. Like it just knows that it's a native controller. Um, we'll recognize it right away. Um, I've tried remote play with PlayStation. I have done Apple arcade. I've done steam link and I've today I did Xbox um, the most I played on it was with my Steam Link with my PC. And once I got the kinks worked out, you know, in terms of the game that I was playing, um, and it wasn't because of the controller, it was because of the game I was playing, it runs perfectly. It is an absolutely fantastic controller. It is super well built. It feels like it turns your phone essentially into a Nintendo Switch. Like, because I have an iPhone 12 Pro. So it's a big ass phone and that phone fits into it perfectly fine. And yeah, it's the controller's really beefy. It's, you know, not super, it's not overly beefy, but it's like the two handles on the side give you a nice grip and I have rather large hands. And then the way the analogs, the buttons are all super clicky. The analogs are really responsive. I was really impressed with it. And I mean, now, as, as far as far as fitting your phone. Is mm-hmm. it fitting it with a case or without a case? So um, I have like a little slip-on case um, that just a little clear case that slips onto it. Um, I'm able to remove that case, and it fits on it without the case. But I okay. do have a gla- I do have a glass screen protector, like one of those uh, tempered glass screen protectors on my phone, and it does fit even with that glass screen protector on. So, and then I mean, when I say you know when I was testing it i was like you know because it retails for 99.99 and i was like fuck i was like well if i'm gonna spend that much money on a controller especially for my phone i'm going to get my money's worth and i've been playing uh legend of heroes uh trails in the sky which is a 
uh, Falcom um, RPG. Very much like didn't realize like how popular they were. Um, okay, it's they're super popular in terms of like in terms of the JRPG scene. Um, this is the first game in, and it's not like Final Fantasy. There's like a whole shitload of them, but they all follow the same continuity in like the same world. So like if you I think they're on like nine or 10, but I'm just like, Oh fuck me. I was like, I'm going to start this thing and it's going to take me forever to get to the modern games, but no big deal. Um, but they're mainly PC exclusive. So I tested out to see if I can get the steam link working. I got the steam link working. Um, it runs natively on iOS. It, I, I put about 15, 16 hours into legend of heroes and the majority of it was on my phone. I think I played that's, once on on the television. It's awesome. Yeah, so it's it's super well done. And then today, um, to to latch into the game that I was playing today was uh, I tested out remote play with Xbox because I was playing uh, Death's Door, which is the new uh, Devolver Digital game. Yep. It's yeah, it's that like it's that isometric. Uh, isometric view um very like legend of zelda not necessarily it's the same style as like in the same viewpoint as like diablo and stuff i don't want to get scottman all hyped up about it <laughs> but um but if scottman and jb they both like those type of games i think they would both love this game i played it i ended up buying it i bought it like at like 6 30 and i was like all right well I'll try it for 15 minutes. That way it gives me something to talk about, you know, and cause I saw videos of it and I was like, shit, I want to play this. I ended up playing it for six 30 all the way till we started recording. So that, that's how cool it is. It's, it's very devolver digitally. It's, um, it's a lot more involved than their other games. Like in terms of like, it seems like it's a lot more like you play it longer rather than pick up, play for a couple minutes and put down like ape out and things like that. So, and it's on sale on Xbox right now. It's only like fifteen bucks or sixteen dollars. It's worth yeah. it. Yeah, it's worth it. I like it. Um, the next game that I was playing because that was the thing too is I haven't been playing a whole lot of games because of the fact that I've been doing so much stuff and like watching all this stuff. It's like I switched over like not necessarily like permanently switched over my priorities. It's just whatever is in vogue right now for me. So I'm, I'm now I'm starting. So excited. To yeah. Hear your next thought. Um, I am, I, so in terms of games, I played Skyward Sword HD. Um, yeah, I like it. Don't get me wrong. The controls in it are fucking something else. It's like you, that, that sounds like a review for what it was off. We, yeah, it was like you, so I'm playing I'm I'm not playing with the motion controls. I'm playing with just a regular controller. And it's like you move from one awkward control scheme to another and it makes the game artificially hard. In, so, in what sense, I guess? Like because of the fact that like instead of the so your your sword swings, you know, obviously on the Wii version, they're they're Done with, you know, swinging the Wiimote in certain directions because, like, you know, because what was it? Link, Link was left-handed, and and Link's normally left-handed. He's right-handed yeah. in Skyward right. Sword, and yeah. he's right-handed in Skyward Sword, and he's right-handed in the Wii version of Twilight Princess. 
so you get to the controller portion of it, while I appreciate that Nintendo did give me these kind of controls for controller, your, your swings are now relegated to the right analog stick. So now the direction that you want to swing the sword, you have to flick it. You know, and it's not like you move it. You have to like just flick it and it has to return back to its like neutral position. So it makes it super weird to fucking swing the sword because it's like you, you know, it's almost like a delayed response because, you know, in your head you push to right and you're expecting something to immediately go right. Not like having to do these like big fluid motions with the analog stick to get him to swing a sword. And so it makes it so it's very like, it makes it feel like it's almost like, delayed and then another thing is is that the game has a free camera as opposed to the original where it was like a fixed camera and you would you know swing it behind you with a click of a button Mm -hmm. this is has a free camera but the free camera in order to activate the free camera you have to hold the whole time the l button so yeah so they pretty much made the you know, right analog stick to double duty because if you want to swing the camera around while you're exploring, you have to hold the L button, which will, you know, use the right analog stick to go over and move the camera around. But as soon as you let go of that right analog stick, he starts swinging a sword because it switches over back to the sword swinging. So it's, it's very weird trying to get all that down and trying to like, I'm like six or seven hours into the game and I'm just now wrapping my head around everything. I went through the first dungeon and everything and, and I'm just and it, now. And it's, it's one of those games that you're going to have to dedicate all of your time to until you complete it because Correct. once you, once you branch away from it, it's going to be starting over. Right. And yeah, and there's, there's cool things like there's quality of life stuff. Like, do I think it's worth it? Absolutely. I think, you know, I am happy to play it. I will probably play it a little bit after we are done this. Do I think that... Did they hurt themselves by making these controls a little bit tougher than they should have been? Also, absolutely. I think they should have been... I think the sword swinging should have been... The sword swinging in the camera should have been reversed. I think it should have been that you don't have to hold an analog stick to move the camera around. They should have made it so that way when you L target something, then it should have switched over into the sword swinging mode. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's very, it's very like, I wish you can customize the controls a little bit more than what they brought on. So yeah, I mean, I'll play a little bit more after this. Um, I even ordered that, that might be the, uh, the the motto of the episode the Nintendo way yeah it's yeah Nintendo does not give a fuck about what you think um I also I mean of course I'm a whore for Nintendo I was I have the Joy Cons I ordered the Zelda Joy Cons they come in tomorrow yeah because I mean they look awesome so yeah I have all that um I have that coming and uh yeah that's pretty much it and that's what I was talking about with like games and stuff like that I'm actually devoting myself a lot more to like instead of hurry up and playing a bunch of different games like trying to devote myself into like only a certain set so i don't feel as overwhelmed so like you said skyward sword hd death store is very much like i can pick up and play and then having the backbone with the steam link has been a lot more has been a lot more laid back of me playing a game like i can sit there and curl up in a recliner while the wife is watching tv and i could sit there and play my pc without having to disrupt her yeah. Yeah. 
but pretty yeah, that's cool. yeah, that's pretty much it for you know games for me. What what you my, got? My my game inside is pretty short and sweet. Okay, obviously, uh, not having a ton of time, but one of the games that obviously I think was the the biggest one of the past month and a half or so, uh, Ratchet and Clank. Ooh, that's one. That's one I haven't played it yet. Because I, I know if oh, I play, I'm gonna yet? be addicted. Um, it it is amazing. It's oh. just more pure ratchet and clank. That's awesome. Um, and I just I go back to what what Sony was able to get Insomniac for is just mind blowing. Um, such yeah. such a steal. I think I would easily put them top five, top ten developers. I mean, out there now. It's it's always fascinating to me with like, especially with Insomniac, like because of the fact that they have two legit bangers back to back, and I mean, two like literal game of the year contenders, and they're two completely different games. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. They're. You I know, mean, it, they they share. One like very very common thing, yeah. But, yeah, it's but it's just that, and it's like their mastery of hardware. Because even like I was playing uh, a few weeks ago, like I you know, was messing with uh, I went over and fucked myself up, and uh, I was playing my PlayStation Vita, and I ended up mm-hmm. fucking it up, and because I have it hacked, and I fucked it all up, and I had to start all over again. But um, I got into playing, like, just testing out the PSP side of it, and I was playing Ratchet and Clank Size Matters, which is for the PSP. And, like, I'm pretty sure, I think they did that. Either that or that was in one of the other smaller developers. Either way, if they did it, it's, like, just for the fact that, like, their mastery of knowing hardware, regardless of what it is. Because even in the PS2 games, they were very much, like, out of all the companies, like, they were one of the companies that could get a game run better than most of the other places. And then even if you look at the PlayStation three stuff and even the 2016 ratchet and clank, it's like, and for the fact too, it's like the, they support so much stuff. Like when the, you know, the PlayStation five came out, they're like, Oh, here's the 60 FPS patch for our 2016 game. And you're just like, yeah. And and that's like what I'm shocked of. Typically, like you see anything new hardware wise, give it a year and a half, two years at best before, People start to understand the hardware. Yep. And they seem to have a jump on it six months in. Yeah. And then, I mean, even, uh, yeah, because, I mean, that's that's the best way to put it. Because even look at Ratchet and Clank and then Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And then even right before Rift Apart comes out, they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, we're adding a performance ray tracing mode to it. And you're just like, what the fuck? And there's like, oh, yeah, it's going to aim for 60 frames a second. And like that was I played it like the first like 20 minutes of it. And that's the version that I played. And even my wife is sitting there watching it. She was like, holy shit. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, look at this. I was like, this looks absolutely incredible. And I, I don't, you know, I know that Sony has a lot of, has had a lot of missteps, you know, recently. But, like, one of the smartest things they did was, like, letting the team just go do their own thing. Because when they do, it's, like, pure freaking video game magic. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, that's another game I got to probably after I get done Skyward Sword, I'll probably add it to the bucket list. Yep, and after playing that for a couple hours here and there, 
I have a major gripe against the PS5. I think I messaged you and toast about it, mm-hmm. but the adaptive triggers on the controller, I don't know if it's something going on with just like the the work I've been doing around the house, whatever it may be, but when the adaptive triggers are engaged, like my hand cramps up like no other. Huh. Like I I've never had to like take a break from playing. But mm-hmm. when the trigger starts to like engage and it's taking like extra like basically extra strength to like click it through, whatever it may be, but it is making my entire hand cramp up, which I'm kinda like shocked by. Um, um I'm interested to see if like other people have dealt with that. I'm curious. I wonder if it's like the way like <sighs> I wonder if it's like the like the vibration, like the way, because you know, like that kind of stuff too is like carpal tunnel, especially with your trigger yep. fingers and stuff like that. Could be. I wonder if it's like one of those things because of the vibration that's sent through it, like is almost like triggering like a mild carpal tunnel or something like that. Yeah, that was kind of like my first thought, but mm-hmm. it's just I was like, man, this, this sucks because it is such a cool feature, but right, like man, it's kind of shitty that it's like not. It makes me not want to play this right now. I know that sucks. Well, the cool, at least where the cool part of it is that like in terms of the accessibility features and stuff, you can at least turn it off versus, Mm -hmm. versus having to go over and leave them on and having to suffer through it. And that's another thing to, it's a testament to insomniac is that, you know, their, their accessibility options are like bar none in terms of, you know, making sure that, making sure that, yeah, they're fully fleshed out to make sure that a large swath of people are covered because, you know, accessibility, like, everybody. And it was cool because, like, reading, like, of course, you read the fucking toxic-ass shit that is Twitter. And, uh, you know, people were bitching about, like, oh, you added all these options. You're taking away from, you know, you're taking away from, you know, dev time and, you know, you could have flushed this out and they were like, or, you know, we can add these things. You can be happy with it and everyone should be able to play our game equally. And I was just like, yeah, you're right. Like everybody should be able to experience it. And, you know, just because you're just because you, you know, are able to play it without any kind of hindrance. And, you know, you think that their development time was like fucking taken away because they added high contrast mode for people that are, you know, have trouble seeing and stuff like that. It's like, mm-hmm. fuck off. That's why it's like, it's funny. Twitter, I get to like six comments and I'm like, oh, we're done for the day. And uh, yeah, not reading any more comments anymore. Because people are fucking trash. We're going to roll on from the game side. Yep. Um, got, a, got a few major like news things, a few minor. So we'll <laughs> kick it off on the minor side. Um, one of the announcements, I guess, or I guess I'd say like the data mines was that it looks like the new GTI online update that's going to be coming out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know much about this, Bob, but mm-hmm. it appears to be some ability to do more of like a car show structure within the world. I'll be honest with you. I don't follow a lot of <laughs> GTA online stuff. Like the only reason why like I would know about it is because of toast. So and, what, yeah, and, so and I'll and in. I'll say I'm I'm not going to dive like too terribly into it. But mm-hmm. the one thing that like caught me off guard 
was it appears to be very much that this update is locked to the this generation of consoles, the PS5 oh. and the Series X and X. No shit. Which I thought was a very interesting take on a game that obviously is, what, nine years old now? Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I I feel like it's probably not a hardware constraint, but more of them pushing towards the new update and trying to get players moved over. Yeah, that's very true. And then, it's so bonkers, though. Yeah, and I mean, there's only really one group that can do it. Mm-hmm. It's just somewhat surprising that such few people still have the new consoles, and that's probably going to stretch for the next year. Absolutely, and it's just like, I, man, what's what's shitty is too is that you know I was I was thinking about it the other day, like while I understand that GTA Online is a big thing, and then hearing all the rumors that freaking GTA Six might not be coming out to like twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five, it's like what the fuck? It's like. For me, it's like, okay, well, why don't you guys, instead of doing all this stuff, it's like, why don't you put a little bit of dev time, too, into, like, other stuff, you know, like, releasing a 60 FPS update for Red Dead 2 or something like that. It's like, you know, stop putting all your eggs into one basket. Like, I don't even understand how they freaking developed Red Dead 2 with as much love they put into GTA Online, but it's like, why don't you have a small group? Yeah, it's like, where's, like, the, the undead nightmare? Exactly. Like, where's the where's the expansion for, you know, where's like you said the undead nightmare for uh, for freaking Red Dead Two or like even release like I know they released a 4K update. You know, it didn't improve the frame rate, but it improved the resolution a lot for Red Dead One for uh for 360 when you were playing it on like the Series X or not the Series X, but for the, on the One X. Yeah. But it's like why don't you why don't you release like. Why don't you release a 60 FPS update for that? Or, you know, just release these, like, little small updates that instead of just all of a sudden, like you said, just showing freaking GTA online all the love all the time. I just want a stupid update where I can ride a horse in GTA. I mean, that'd be awesome. (laughs) Um, Outside of the GTA, um, one of the other kind of weird oddball announcements of the week was... Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Yeah, the freaking Super Smash Brothers melee of uh of, and, and uh, I only I only had this on because the uh turtles popped up in it. Yeah, I saw that. I saw the uh a, I saw... A, a, a very well done version of the turtles. Yeah, they're like super animated looking. It's uh not based off of any kind of major show. Um very, it's very like classic style. You know, it's not based off of any one particular show, and like even their movesets and everything are very, you know, very grounded in turtles. And so I was like, oh, that's that's pretty neat. And plus, SpongeBob is in it too. So I was like, man, I was like, this actually might be. It it looks fun. It's so I'm I'm curious to play it. Yeah, I I love obviously. Uh, Powder Toast Man was in it. Yeah, that was um, awesome. That was I was thinking about you when you when you saw that. I was like, oh man, that's right up his alley. I'm going to be interested. I from everything that I read, they they were talking that they have high hopes for this. But I think if you interview any group, that they would say the same. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like Nickelodeon Kart Racer is a 
pretty trashy game. Yeah. But well, it's getting a lot of press, so hopefully there's something special going on there. Yeah. And so here's the here's the hope and it's actually, you know, something decent. I think it will And be. then the uh the next big one is uh I'll let you go into it, the Switch OLED announced. Yeah, so uh yeah, they announced the Switch OLED and so that's uh interesting you, to you, say the you, least. You mean a Switch Switch Pro, right? Yeah, the Switch Pro. So uh the old bait and switch. Um so a lot of people were anticipating the Switch Pro. Um didn't happen. So Nintendo announced the Switch OLED, which is you know, the Switch O L E D screen. Um the screen is was it seven inches now? As opposed yeah. to like yeah, it's like a seven inch screen. Um so it doesn't have as big of a bezel um around it. It's very much like almost like edge to edge in terms of you know, it doesn't have the big black border. It's like edge to edge. It looks really nice. Um, same same exact hardware specs as the original Switch. Um, the only difference is, like I said, the bigger screen for portable mode. And the dock, which is like has more rounded edges, a little bit sleeker, has a built-in LAN port instead of having to buy an adapter. That's pretty much now, the only thing. Now, there, there is a battery life gain because what OLED yeah. doesn't have to use any... Obviously, any power yeah. for blacks. Yeah, so um, that's a that's the thing. So it, it has like it has not. I wouldn't say substantially better, but it has a better battery life than the second model of the Switch. Um, before you ask, yes, I do have one pre order because I'm a fucking moron. Um, <laughs> no, because it's what's going to happen is, is that I have a Model Two Switch, which is the one with the better battery. My wife has a Model One Switch. Which the battery's okay. So what? What about your switch light you got there too? Yeah, I got a switch light there. <laughs> Don't fucking talk to me. Um, it's um. <laughs> so I'm going to go over and I'll probably pick up the switch OLED because I noticed that GameStop is doing. Uh, that's another thing too is that it's fifty dollars more than a regular switch. Um, now that is my biggest I, fucking. Gripe. I I know I that pisses me off. And then of course they release one in freaking white and it looks sexy as hell. Um. So I'm going to give her, I'm going to transfer all of her stuff. I'm going to transfer all my stuff into a Switch OLED. I'm going to transfer her stuff into my my Switch. And then, you know, she can have that. And so, yeah. I'm going to play musical Switches here because there's currently three Switches in the house now. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, and then Nintendo said that they have no announcements for a Switch Pro at this time. And for me, I don't think, personally, I don't think because of how old the Switch is, I don't think I'm, we're seeing a Switch Pro. I, But I'm not really sure. I mean, the Switch is, what, five, going on five years old now? So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be a toss-up. I mean, Nintendo's so freaking random with stuff. The only thing that really pissed me off about all this stuff is like people and their short attention spans thinking that this is brand new for Nintendo. And it's like Nintendo outside of the uh the 3DS to the new 3DS, 
Like Nintendo has released hardware revisions without any kind of upgrade to the actual, you know, graphic accelerating hardware inside. So like this is not and, their and first rodeo. And that is a like yeah. If you look at the Switch in terms of a console, yep. there's a lot to get angry off of. But if you look oh, yeah. at Switch in the term of a handheld, this is like straight out of their playbook. Oh yeah, I mean absolutely. So it's like, you know, like you said, like the the I mean, it's just like anything else, the you know all you did was get hardware upgrades instead of getting like hardware accelerated upgrades. And then the times that they did do like hardware accelerated upgrade versions of their systems, like they didn't really utilize it. There's only one or two games that actually are required to play on a new 3DS or a 2DS XL. Like there's only there's only two games that are required to have that hardware to play it, you know, in terms of physical games. But yeah, it's I mean, we all saw this shit coming. I mean, I knew that was coming. I was like, I was like, they're probably not going to do a Switch I, Pro. They're probably going to do. I will say, like after the E three side, I didn't mm-hmm. think it was. I didn't think anything was going to be announced for a while. Right, and Nintendo Nintendo's good at this kind of shit because like, I think the I think the Switch OLED is coming out, and I think it's actually coming out with them not selling it at a loss. So that's another yeah. thing too. It's like, you know, this thing's already coming out for a profit and, and the thing's selling out. The thing is selling out in multiple places. Yep. So, and, and for, for me personally, like if you're a new switch adopter, like this is fucking great for you. And for me, I play a lot in handheld. So that's another reason why I was, I mm-hmm. was enticed by it. Cause I was like, Oh, well that's cool. It's a bigger screen. It's like, you know, it's a nice OLED screen. And so, for me, it's because I do play a lot in handheld. I'm like, oh, this is right up my alley. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do with my Switch Lite, but I'm probably going to keep it because I got it essentially for free. So, But still, it's like I'm probably not going to use my Switch Lite as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. And then speaking of speaking of portables that were announced, <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Uh, Steam, Steam and Valve, you know, Valve, obviously, they announced they they finally announced their handheld which is the steam deck and and valve coming up not <laughs> not a uh outside of vr not a fantastic hardware yeah company so and, far and and this uh this thing i mean i want to see it i want to see the initial reviews when it comes out like i'm not going to pre-order one right away because i want to see because i mean it's also a lot of people are calling it a switch killer, but I, you know, it's fucking Nintendo. You're not going to be able to murder them anytime soon. Um, the first one, they have three different models. The base model is like 400 bucks, which is not bad at all. The next model up, I think it's 550 and then 650. But yep. they all, they all, you know, they have different types of memory in them and stuff like that. You know, memory size and everything. But I mean, from what they're saying now. It's able to play the majority of Steam games, you know, in somewhere, some way, shape, or form in terms of hardware acceleration. So yeah, that's pretty I, I impressive. Thought, like, the the interesting thing I saw, I think it was tonight, that Ubisoft was, hey, we we will support the Steam Deck if it looks like it's popular enough. So, looks like there's some some possible limitation, but. 
Yeah. I, I don't um, know if it's just the spec in which they put their games out there. So from what I was saying, uh, from what I was seeing about the uh, Steam Deck was like, you know, because I, I was looking at battery life and everything. Um, one of the things with the battery life, the battery life is between like two and eight hours. Um, depending on what level you play your game. So they were talking about like they should Portal 2. So Portal 2, like obviously if it's running like 60 FPS and like a higher resolution, you're only going to get the two hours. But if you cut it down to like 30 FPS and change the resolution around, you can get like way longer than that. So it's really, you know, because apparently the way this P- this thing works is essentially it's a, a, a mini PC. So you can actually change all like your game settings and stuff like that to get them to run a certain way. The only thing that bothers me with that is like at that point, outside of certain games, like obviously like cyberpunk and things like that. But if I'm playing like some kind of like regular game that I know there's a switch port of, it's like, why even play it? You know, why even bring it down to reduce settings and play it on there when I can just play it perfectly fine on my switch. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of the standpoint. I'm curious to see not necessarily now, but say a year or two years from now on how much cloud gaming has broadened right that and what's what's going to necessarily because i think honestly i think that's what switch is going to be leaning on a lot which they've already kind of taken some initial steps for right that okay for the steam deck how much does that apply yeah and another thing is too is like with the steam deck like there's a couple like weird things with it um like i know you know they said the majority of your Steam games should play on it. So that makes me nervous, like, in terms of, like, if it's not, like, a full backwards, you know, if it's not a full compatibility thing. Um, some people were saying that you always got to be connected to the internet with it, which is even, you know, at that point. Yeah. And, then, and then also, like, for me, I can, if I bring a Backbone controller with me, and if I bring the background controller with me and I use my Steam link, all I do is just leave my PC on. If I'm connected to Wi-Fi or anything like that, I can dial right in my PC and I can play the same exact games. Mm-hmm. And I'm playing them for 100 bucks versus like 400 at the base model. And then I have a Switch, obviously, because I can play all the first-party games. Because a lot of people are like, oh, it's going to kill the Switch. And they're like, yeah, because the Steam Deck plays Legend of Zelda. And a lot of people, of course, are like, you know, oh, it could if you run an emulator. And it's like, well, now you're just being an asshole. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, I want to see what it comes out and see if fully flushed out before I make a decision on whether I'm going to buy one or not. Yeah, but I I do think ultimately it's a very good thing because Switch yeah. hasn't had that type of competition yet. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like competition like that always breeds innovation. And so... Mm-hmm. You know, if if they can go over and, you know, Nintendo realizes like, oh, you know, we can't just release a Switch 2. Like, we have to do something different to make it, you know, innovative and stuff. So, yeah, we shall see. I mean, the hardware itself, the hardware for the Steam Deck itself is very, very nice. Like, it's a very nice looking hardware. And they were showing off like IGN did a really good thing where they did like a Q&A with the actual mm-hmm. developers of the of the Steam Deck and they were explaining it all like it and the cool thing is too is that it's another thing that's enticing is like for people that don't have the setup that I have is that it also outputs to a television 
So it's essentially a PC switch and you can hook up like a mouse and keyboard to it and everything like that. So it's essentially a micro PC that is just super hardware accelerated in terms of graphics. Yeah, the whole the whole thing looks good and yeah. I think the ergonomics obviously that's something I hate about the Switch that I thought always thought that was uh, kind of yeah. the afterthought of it. Yep. That I think it, it's not they, they it's not a comfortable well. Yeah, it's not a comfortable console, that's for sure. And it seems like the Steam Deck does that a lot better. The backbone for the freaking the backbone controller has better ergonomics than the Switch does. Yeah, the the backbone actually has um like actually triggers that press in, don't they? Yep. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. Yep. It has uh as triggers that press in and then it's like curved on the back. So and then the way you grab it because it's like not the same the screen's not the same size as like the whole controller and so it mm-hmm. hangs down a little bit. The way you wrap your hands around it is like really cool. And then and then it has small features too. Like I keep on going back to this controller because I fucking love it. Um, as a as a auxiliary, it has a three point five millimeter headphone jack, and then uh, it also has a pass through port for your charger. So obviously, this uh, you know the controller yeah. plugs into the controller plugs into your phone, but then it has a pass through port so you can plug in a charger through the you know the right hand the right handle, and then you can charge your phone still. Yep. So pretty damn cool. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, the Steam Deck comes out towards the end of this year, um, like two months after two to, because the Switch OLED comes out in October. Uh, I think the Steam Deck. I think they're saying it's December. So we'll we'll see. You know, I like to see the first hand impressions when they come out and see the first reviews. Yeah, it'll be exciting. And yeah. I think for a year with not a lot of news, those are two pretty big gifts. Yeah, I mean it's it's cool seeing you know uh, hard it's cool seeing a hardware year without it being like a new console cycle. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's pretty much it on the news end. So well, oh, I think that will wrap us up. Yeah, I think once again, it's it's good to be back. It's been a while. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said. It's yeah, feel it feels we, good. <laughs> we we went into a little bit on the personal side, but you know, getting personal on things isn't a bad thing. No, obviously, anybody out there that wants to listen or is going through similar things, I mean, it's good to get your shit out there. Oh fuck yeah! And yep. outside of that, if anybody wants to find us, where do they go? Oh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Complete Geeks. And like I said, I will be updating them more frequently, especially the Instagram with like pictures of like collection stuff. So that way it gives more of a reference point of when I sit there and talk about all the fucking action figures I do for episodes. Yep. And yeah, obviously we, we are back. Things may be changing. Things may be staying the same. If if you want to voice your opinion on kind of what we are doing with things, obviously we have a Discord. Jump in there. Give us feedback. Yep. Give yeah, us a review. Man. We are out there to listen. We're we're not set to any type of format. So yep. we're just doing doing yep. it out there to entertain us, entertain you. 
And even if you even if you don't listen to the podcast, but you want to, you know, a tight knit community that just sits there and bullshits about video games and stuff like that, or or certain people don't bullshit about video games. We have a whole entire collection tab where people post pictures of their collections and stuff, and or pickups from their collections, and you know, certain games that are, are hot. We do develop channels for them and stuff like that. So yeah, if you're listening to this and you you know. You, this is the only episode you listen to, you know, and you don't want to listen to them anymore, but you want to still bullshit with people, you know, check out our Discord. Okay, with that being said, this is episode 85. Once yep. again, going back to the future, a year before that, my dad slinging it in my mom. I'm just going to bring that full circle. And I know I appreciate you guys listening and... Mm-hmm. That is it. Yep. That's it for us. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. See ya.